Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a problematic fave, or just something that needs to be urgently discussed or you'll die, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I am the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. Joining me today, dear friend... I mean, mother to a lot of these girls out here right now. It's it's Erica Ishizuka. Hi, Erica. Hey, Drew. Oh my God, a rare in-person recording again, too. This is fun. I like doing these like kind of late night, like at the table. I feel like we just spend all of our time together with three classes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> three classes. Now we're here. Like it is, Um, we don't get to usually talk about cultural discourse, though, like this. That's like, very true. It's, it's just full of ml and a <laughs> and like now t- taking it um i i if we like turn this into a coding centric podcast i think i would like lose listeners left and right <laughs> like i i mean not to not to talk ill of any other podcast but i really sometimes have a tough time with podcasts that like you're expected to like actually learn things from that sounds reductive to say but like to five minutes of the economist yeah and that's all i can take yeah that like the daily is about mm-hmm. as as much as i can do <laughs> too but it's it's genocide it's starvation and hunger and yeah hunger, and it's just never ends it never so ends <laughs> something fun i know i like and I don't know how like I, we definitely have a lot of friends who are just listening to those kinds mm-hmm. of podcasts too and I like I'm sorry I can't be that person <laughs> like I like all of my pot like my podcast side is very like silly it's just like silly comedy stuff basically it's great yeah this is just TikTok in real life it is yeah <laughs> like for better or worse like we talk about like slightly more intellectual pursuits and not to jump ahead of like what we're going to be talking about is the central topic today but like we actually have some newsworthy things to discuss today for one of these yeah a-list celebrities yeah a-list celebrities and like the line is so blurry these days between like celebrities and role models like i i think like social media really makes people act crazy about famous people yeah, like influencers yeah <laughs> like the influence but also like when your favorite celebrity does something that you don't like that is now taken as a personal letdown that's very true yeah mm-hmm. i tried buying beyonce tickets today how did it go um poorly to say the least <laughs> um i know it's okay like last night she gave a very gracious speech i thought mm-hmm. and we will not to spoil we will okay. touch back on this in one second but i was like i mean i'm not the only person who did not get beyonce tickets like people i like other people we know who tried to not get them today um and like the law lo- they were doing some kind of weird lottery system with everything is that the same thing that happened with taylor swift yes okay. <laughs> um is there future lawsuit or class action 
page with this so friend of the pod jack mazio did send me a like a digital pamphlet of how to reach out to this attorney's office in the event that like I get um like Ticketmaster screws me over, which they sort of did because I got an off the waitlist code, which was lottery disseminated in the first place. But my code didn't work. So technically I could add myself to the lawsuit for this. I don't want to sue Beyonce though. That seems karmically not something. <laughs> You're suing Ticketmaster. You're suing the third party that yeah. handles but everything. Even so. I don't want my name. If I ever, I mean, God forbid, if I ever run for office, if yes. I'm ever examined That's in the public eye, I do not want my name attached to any sort of litigation that has even the the word Beyonce in it. Nothing. <laughs> like I that is cancellation with a swiftness. Like talk about insane fans. Oh, but that's why I was brought this up. Because a lot of people didn't get their tickets and people online were being like, Beyonce do something like Beyonce like we you lost a fan today <laughs> and I'm like it, it a but it's also like misplaced anger because of course like people are gonna want to go see her Taylor Swift and the yeah. Harris people were complaining about one not getting the tickets with the pre-sale code and then the price that they had to pay if they did get tickets or the resale price yeah sort yeah it's I mean, because those prices like skyrocket on the resale market. Like some people, like I saw like a screenshot that one of them was like nineteen thousand for like close to like front row seats or whatever. That's like, um, it's insane. Yeah, how much people are willing to sell their tickets and how much people are willing to buy them. Yeah, like I mean, um, the I was looking at just like the face value ones for certain sections for the Beyonce concert and if you want to be right by the stage in what she's calling the club renaissance tier which is like the the way this the stage is structured it's kind of like um like a lifesaver candy is this the United Center it's all of them like she's retro no this one's um she's playing at soldier field in chicago so like she's selling out like the big spaces but um there's like in the middle of the circle that's club renaissance where like you have stage acts that she's going to be performing to you sort of like there's going to be like special like there's like a special bar and like party area in the center of the stage itself those tickets were going face value for eight hundred dollars which is crazy yes crazy for like a two like a two-hour show perspective that's one month on my college rent yeah yeah to one night to one night it's Beyonce Queen B yeah however yeah that's literally crazy like I mean I was prepared to drop like a hundred and sixty on normal tickets though yeah like but that's the thing is that you think that normal tickets for like lesser known artists would be still economical still friendly to like students let's say yeah expensive so expensive like in the the they add on all these weird fees Mm -hmm. too on top of things like i just bought tickets um for late march to go see shy girl atalia hall with friend of the pod isabel monahan and the actual tickets themselves were $30 a piece 
pretty reasonable for like an hour and a half long show like at a mid-sized venue but like they add on like 15 to 20 dollars worth of like processing fees and like mm-hmm. these are i bought these through Ticketmaster, and like to like double the the, the price, price like that just for like service broker stuff like i i mean i might as well just like buy through the website next or like the actual show website next time yeah i remember well my advice is to really find good artists go see them in concert when they're lesser now yeah and then blow up it's like okay you've seen the ones <laughs> you had your share it was like that when casey musgraves oh yeah blew up. i saw her when i was at eva my my first year yes in fall of 2019 this was when she just released the golden Rainbow, hour golden hour yeah album she won a grammy for it she was still like under the radar yeah i got literally like almost front row for 100 dollars. yeah that's was, pretty good it was so good yeah um and then now she's yeah tickets are not 100 dollars. no they're definitely not i mean spot. and she's playing like full arenas too like I saw her I guess twice during that tour cycle once at the Ace Hotel in LA which is like I mean it's like a theater it's not it's not an arena by any means it's like a performance space with the stage and like like theater seating and then I saw her at Coachella which obviously is like a different kind of structure or whatever but like once you graduate from the mid-sized venues to like the big arena tours like a good for you because like not everyone can do that um but you also like you have to be accommodating with people who actually want to go see you and like it's not an artist thing it's like Ticketmaster and golden voice and all these sites having a monopoly on ticket selling and like like price gouging as much as they have like they were doing something for the beyonce sale today that tickets would like fluctuate in real time in terms of like comparative market value which is like we've been doing a lot of like discussion recently about like ai for good that's definitely ai for bad <laughs> like, that's horrible um it is not a public service but what is a public service is our next segment so erica we are going to play ring the alarm I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history, and you are going to decide whether or not to ring the alarm. Ring the alarm in, like, this scenario is bad. It either, sometimes it's not so black and white. Sometimes, like, ring the alarm could just mean, like, we need to bring this to everyone's attention. Like, people need to be, like, talking about this, examining this. Like, um, I got you. No wrong answers here, but your choice is binary. Are you ringing the alarm or not? So we have first scenario. We've discussed this woman already because she is the name on everyone's lips today. Um, Beyonce lost album of the year at the Grammys to Harry Styles. Are you are you ringing the alarm? Yes. Okay. It's, I have a very complex answer to this. Like, one, I have not listened to both albums in its entirety, so I don't know if I'm the best judge. But 
I do think that from what I've seen in the charts, Beyonce had her like top singles from that album longer yeah. than Harry Styles. Mm -hmm. So I do think that she was more deserving. I am also sad that Bad Bunny also okay. <laughs> because I think Verano Fuji was a fantastic album. It's still very high up in the charts. Yeah. And he has dominated that space. Yeah. So for me personally, the clear winner is Bad Bunny. But if I had to pick between Harry Styles and Beyonce, it would be Beyonce. Even though I am a former directioner, I do love it's good to acknowledge that. Good to I acknowledge do, that. I do not want to cancel. <laughs> I did go to their concert when I was in middle school. Best concert of my yes. life. Um and I'm I'm happy that he did win a Grammy. I just don't think album of the year was the one he should have won for. I agree with everything you just said. Um Perry, I like I, I I mean, I've I've listened to Renaissance in full so many times, and I'm very biased. Like that would have been my pick from this field. Bad Bunny would have been second, pretty handily, because that album is excellent as well. I think why people were so surprised with this is because, well, she was the odds maker favorite. She's never won Album of the Year, even though she's won a now record breaking thirty two Grammys. Like she keeps losing over and over That's again so though. Surprising. Isn't it crazy? Like say like sometimes like the Oscars are rigged or the Grammys are rigged. Yeah. It just might be this thing that the favoritism is just not the most deserving. Which yeah. It's unfortunate. Like you have all these awards bodies like the Recording mm -hmm. Academy, like the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. All their voting bodies are made up of like, especially in the Grammys case, like old white guys. Like, I don't remember what magazine just published some like exposés slash interviews with anonymous voting members for the awards. And all of them were like 60 year old sound engineer who's been working in the industry for like 40 years or whatever. And like a 55 year old white, like high end label executive. And none of them voted for Beyonce in this piece. And some of them were even like, yeah, we're not voting for Harry Styles either because he's a former boy bander. Like he was like formed on a reality TV competition show. Like he's not a real musician, which is like stupid. <laughs> so stupid. Because it's not judging on the quality at all. No, it's, it's not. On, you know, personal like preference or like history. Yeah. That you affiliate to them yeah and like there is sort of this coded language let's say when people are like real musicians a lot of the times historically the Grammys has meant like old white men within like specifically a rock and roll context which is obviously a valid form of musicianship i love <laughs> i love rock and roll like that that sounds that's uh, an obvious thing to say but like i really do like it so i'm not knocking it but it it just doesn't feel very current 
And like, I don't know how you can award Beyonce all these awards in smaller categories and just never give her a, the big one. Because like, regardless of like quality or whatever, like Renaissance was inarguably probably like the buzziest album of last year. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's frustrating though. If I was her fan, I would be too. I mean, yeah. I'm still her fan. I'm just not the biggest fan. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Break My Soul. That's that a great my favorite one. But... And that was the song that got nominated for like Song of the Year and Record of the Year, but she lost that too. <laughs> that was... Yeah, I don't either. Like that, that song is everywhere still. Like, have not, I have not really gone like two days without hearing that since it dropped like it's just everywhere but did you watch the bad bunny performance from last night I though did. it was great i loved it i'm glad they chose him to like kick off the show i think he did a fantastic yeah start. and i love that he did it all in spanish yeah like i mean not that he doesn't really have that much english language music but like if you like 10 years ago a non-english language performance of the yeah. grammys unheard of yeah I did see another Spanish performer who wasn't. Oh, Carlos Vives. Yeah. Love him too. Um, my mom's favorite. But I, I am glad that Bad Bunny did represent the Latinx community. Yes. And it like it just was such like a party starting vibe too. Like those shows can be so boring <laughs> sometimes. And like it's yeah. a good way to kick it off for sure. I mean, I, I think that Rick and John, it just makes you want to get up and dance. Yeah. And they even got clips of Taylor Swift dancing. Yeah. She was vibing. She was vibing. So like, fun. she is not a, a dancer, let's say, but like, she's having fun. Like, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to slander anyone on, or not slandering Taylor Swift on here. What'd you see on TikTok? Comment like Taylor Swift dances like a teacher in elementary <laughs> school. Yeah. No, I like it is a lot of like um kind of upper body like um but I think like yeah like she's just she just yeah feels it I'm just like we all should that funny is great she definitely has like she kind of leans into the teacher of it all too I think like it's part of, part of the appeal like she's I mean she's such a complicated figure because she's just like too big to be truly relatable anymore like she's just too famous her life is too strange but like when she tries like little things like that like the weird dancing Mm -hmm. to relate to the common person let's say um it is very adorable (laughs) so speaking of elementary school though we should move on to our second scenario the tradition of passing out valentines to all of your classmates are you ringing the alarm no okay did you do this i did growing up? Okay. i did do this growing up but it was very much like a i don't i think it's cute i think it's something that people like to do and they think every kid likes candy and yeah but I think in my school, it was never the biggest thing in February for some reason. I, I'm not really sure why. Yeah. But we had like other bigger days where we would get more excited. Yeah. And that would be like St. Patrick's Day. That would be, that was the next holiday. I yeah, that was. Because then you can like dress up for that, do like 
that's more of like a class party vibe than the valentines i guess but I, I think it's cute i have to it's definitely it's cute and like i agree i agree that like the candy of it is definitely what matters the most oh, were you ever obsessed with the the fondant oh yeah that was like the <laughs> that candy. Was, like, oh. the status candy for sure <laughs> like <laughs> give me the that and kick up yeah in my school no. it was like the make it or break it the little but that's the thing about this though because this i've been thinking about this tradition a lot for some reason recently it is like yes everyone gets a valentine but there were definitely ways of like flexing status or like clickiness within this like unified tradition and i feel like you should just hand out candy to people like ha- halloween and not mm-hmm. i don't know there's like not make kids like do valentines and stuff I or just write cards it's, yeah it's really like the cards that count like make a little note for yes. people but then like what if you <laughs> what if you say <laughs> in a valentine like your gutter like you are you are you are nothing to me happy valentine's day like i feel like the like you're not vetting the cards as a teacher so much like you have to be careful but i i do miss those little they all these valentines like elementary school valentines specifically came in those little boxes like the theme pack boxes do you remember those Maybe no. this was a thing in my because we're from the DMV yeah. area and I'm a few years older than you. So like this could have just been a generation or like a slight generational gap. Because we would buy they came in um like a flat card box no. and they were always like cartoon branded and stuff. Like I would get Scooby-Doo ones a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it would be like these little like um like playing card size things that you would like fold and tuck over but all of them were different like they had like the different characters on like scooby-doo would be like what wait be my valentine i don't know how to do be my valentine in the scooby-doo voice because there's no like r's in that but like you know what i'm saying yeah. it was like i love you or something like it would be something like that i know we had a very similar thing but i think in my school everyone liked to make um handmade valentine's oh, I never really that's nice like, though store it was like store bought candy but yeah like, we were to catch it so like i had like a cut out construction paper yeah that's the nice way to do it mm-hmm. like just stick on the candy i definitely one year did do that like the cut out hearts and my mom got like late like this was definitely my mom's idea like I would have rather just stuck the Scooby-Doo but like I did do the red hearts on like white lace trim like Mm -hmm. fake lace trim or something and I, I mean I was seven so like no one was calling me gay at that point but like two years after the fact the bullying would have been like immense I'm sure but um that's the thought that that is a mom's project generalized parents because I had all like mo- for the most part 99% handmade cards yeah whether they you know like just trace the heart and kids would like cut it out or just have a regular card and then yeah. just be like two and then from and then just 
attached the candy and that was it but you i remember you had to give each valentine to each person yeah it had to be inclusive and it had to be the same type of candy it couldn't be like you give a snickers or a kit kat okay. to one. Oh my god which that's smart we're doing valentine's because they're like hey you can't have preference especially when it came to like allergies too oh yeah they also were like hey you know there's one guy who was allergic to chocolate and yeah he was in my class no chocolate no chocolate that, that happened i had that happen to me one year with nuts which is more more common i guess and like easier to avoid in candy but no chocolate in a classroom is crazy to because it would be so sad because you yeah. eat it and get like zero valentines yeah we live in a very like chocolate centric culture too like you don't really re- like i my cousin is allergic to nuts chocolate and eggs actually which is like baked goods are like hard <laughs> like desserts are hard but like chocolate you would think is one of the more out of those three the most avoidable shockingly no like it's chocolate's in everything like cocoa powders and mm-hmm. everything like you just kind of don't realize it until so that is not an allergy i would wish on anyone not least of which because i have like tons of candy bars in this house right now but like oh my god that's hard okay third scenario final scenario it is super bowl sunday uh this upcoming weekend and this dip is going to be on a lot of party trays but are you ring the alarm on hummus i'll 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 refine it store-bought hummus That's a tough one. Yeah. I don't know. Because I buy store-bought hummus. Oh, yeah. I buy store-bought hummus, too. I mean, I guess it depends if you're really into football and into the Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I mean, my parents can watch, like, what is it now? The Washington Commanders. Commanders. Yeah. Horrible name. Horrible name. Horrible name. They just did us dirty with that. They should have just kept it the Washington football team. Honestly, they should have. So it's, so, it's like clunky too, but like better than the commanders. And I don't know what else they would have come up with. Like the monuments. No. There's nothing like DC. There's nothing DC centric about the commanders though. No. But. Which is so disappointing. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm fine with store-bought hummus. I'm not... I'm not judging anybody for that to make actual like hummus from like the garbanzo beans yeah. I don't know how long that takes it's yeah I I really have only ever had like truly superlative hummus in a restaurant and that includes like homemade and store-bought too like homemade hummus if you're just like a casual home cook like myself it's fine I don't know I just like I think it's such I like it just fine. I eat a lot of it on my own too. It just feels like such a cop out at a potluck. I guess yes. If yeah. you're in, 
if we're going to talk about potluck, you want something more homemade, mm -hmm. showing and demonstrating more effort. Yeah. I do agree, but I feel like Super Bowl just like comes out of nowhere and you're just scrambling. Yeah. To make it out <laughs> in the middle of winter. Yeah. Like you kind of just have to like grab what you can on the go but also like the problem with especially if you're shopping on super bowl sunday there's nothing left except the hummus every year if you're trying to get something last minute like you show up with sabra somewhere and it's like everyone knows too really? that I yeah i mean in, at least in my lived experience and i can only speak from my lived experience but like yeah i like and i i'm not I have no issues with hummus as a Do people just prefer dip. the guac, the salsa? Well, sure, but like, I would, like, there's nothing like homemade guac on Super Bowl Sunday, though. Like, that, it just always, like, tastes so good. And, like, homemade, like, I think homemade dips in general are almost always better than store-bought. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And hummus, but hummus is not hummus is the great equalizer <laughs> like hummus is just like i just like can't even get excited about it really no i'm like thinking about eating <laughs> right now and i'm like no but if you okay well a do you care about the super bowl at all especially this year do you care no. okay i, I it's the I philadelphia eagles a nemesis team of both fars and washington commanders and the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't really care. No. I'll be rooting for Kansas City because I hate Philly, but like, um, I don't care. The halftime show is, oh, we're Rihanna. Okay, so I care oh, about I care about that. That'll be exciting. Um, her first performance of any sort in six years now, which is crazy. That is crazy. And it's the Super Bowl. Like, there's no way this isn't gonna be like. Well, she has Incredible. Least, I mean, recent music. No, her, her last album was seven years ago. Seven years ago this February. And the, she has only released like one or two songs in that ensuing time frame. The most recent one was for the Black Panther Wakanda for oh, movie. That, that just came out. Yeah. Okay. I did but that's that. also like not the I mean it's I, I don't like a Rihanna ballad necessarily. I think she got I'm fact checking this. I think she got nominated for an Oscar for that though. So if she wins an Oscar for like a bad song, I'm not gonna like I, I'm happy for Rihanna to get an Oscar. Yes, it did get a nomination. Um but she's I hope she doesn't perform that though. Yeah. It's not a party song. No, it's it's like a R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman song. Yeah. Like, my, I hope she doesn't do it. Yeah. I, I did see on TikTok a lot of Shakira's um Super Bowl halftime show performance yeah. with J Lo. One of my Incredible. favorites. Yeah, I forgot how good she was. That one was so good, and like. It was kind of the last big like TV event before COVID happened too. Like we didn't know how good we had it when Shaquille or Shaquille, Shaquille Shakira and J Lo were doing that. It was so good. This I'm excited for this year though. I am. It yeah. Has a lot 
potential? I think I think she'll definitely I think the set list could be really interesting too. Like she has so many songs like she could have chosen for because I think they only get like 10 more or less because it's like 15 minutes like you're doing like a chorus and a verse for all these things but picking just 10 Rihanna songs is hard picking like just 10 Shakira and JLo songs are hard too because they had shit up stage yeah which was dumb I know like I didn't I mean I like I like Shakira more so mm -hmm. I wanted to see her longer I definitely like Shakira's music more than I like J-Lo's, for sure. It but was weird to pair them up. Yeah, no, they both did a great job. Like, they're two incredible performers. But their music doesn't have, like, anything to do with each other. It's like, it just, it was a weird, weird booking choice to, like, have to yeah. do it together. They said, like, oh, one wasn't strong enough on its own. And I was like, that's such a lie. Yeah. Both are phenomenal. Both would have owned it. And like I can sort of see just just from a US centric perspective, maybe on her own, Shakira is not quite enough. Because she's way big. I mean she's ginormous in the US and we'll get into that in a second. But She's still, I mean, like, way more famous internationally than she is here. And I think J-Lo's the opposite. Like, J-Lo has much more of a U.S. footprint than she does a global one. But J-Lo also doesn't have, like, 25 years worth of hit music. She has, like... Couple singles. Yeah, she has, like, she has 10 years of hit music and then 10 years of flop stuff, yeah. <laughs> essentially. Like, I mean, said with love. I, I can see, like, commercials of like uh previews of her in like new rom-coms yeah which good she's, she's good just, at rom-coms yeah, yeah. doing her thing but yeah I, I can tell like I do agree like she's way more notorious in the U.S. than I think internationally yeah for sure yeah I don't know I like well is it because J-Lo is also isn't she from PR? Like she has. Well, she's like she's new, like a Puerto Rican-born New Yorker. Yeah, because she's from the Bronx, right? Yeah, she's from the Bronx. Jenny from Block. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, I don't. I like. I. I do think that did set like a gold standard for for a few years though, because like the one after that was the weekend, and that was like kind of boring. I thought, and I. But even though I like this music a lot, last year's was good though. The it was um Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and they brought out like Fifty Cent and like Mary J. It was like an L.A. hip hop tribute. It was really good though because they did it at the new um, the new football stadium in L.A. in Inglewood. So like just it was like a tribute to like West. It was good. I liked it a lot. I think this year is going to be completely different though than the last few years. So I'm excited. We do need to move on to our central emergency for today. Erica, what are you rushing to the ER? In terms of <laughs> what topic have you brought to us today? It's oh, the frame the emergency room framework of this podcast is so loose and tenuous, and I cannot believe we've done like 
I'm so sorry. This, I, no, I, no, 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 it's not. No, a lot of people have this issue in like 98 episodes in. You think I would have done anything to like clarify this, recontextualize this. I've done nothing of the sort. And I'm not going to, like, what, no. what point is there now? So, um, yeah. We're bringing the Shakira Clara Pique drama, of yeah. course, that has been blowing up. It's all over the media channels. It's just this it's crazy how blown up. Yeah. The love affair, the separation between the two, the age difference. Yeah. The mother in law, the wit. It's like this, so many things. It's a good old fashioned celebrity. Scan- scandal tabloid yes. story in a way that we haven't seen in a while and I think borderline not enough people in the U.S. are talking about no. it because it's so like it's this international is, this is like, telenovela. yeah quite literally yeah this would get so many views yeah if it was shown in Univision yeah <laughs> like it's truly so okay give us some context here so like who are the players in this okay. drama and how are they related? Okay, so we have the lovely Shakira, mm-hmm. who is, I want to say- <laughs> I mean, what 40... can we- Oh, she's 46. She's I just 46. Googled this okay, today. 46. Yeah. International singer-performer. Icon. Icon. True icon, true legend. Speaks multiple languages. Beautiful. She is half, I want to say half Colombian, half. Lebanese yes okay. yes I, I don't want to mix that up I think you are correct there yeah stunning and then she was with Pique who mm-hmm. is a Spanish football player yes that's soccer in case y'all ain't <laughs> wizards or something but yeah and he decided to cheat on Shakira with the infamous Clara Chia. Yeah, immediately infamous. <laughs> For, I want. What was it? Three years. Yes. About about like that. Yeah, and it was like uh, and sneaking three, around. Yes. Yeah. True sneaking yes. around. Yes. Like yeah. And the fact that I. What age is Clara Chia now? I she's say 20, 23, 24. 23. Yeah. Well, so she's three from that when they first met, and that raises yeah. yeah I, and the craziest thing is that Shakita finds out about this love affair through jam. Yeah. The condiment the jam. Con- the spread. <laughs> yeah. Because no one in her family apparently likes her jam. Except. <laughs> except. It's so crazy. It's like <laughs> Detective Shakira, like with a magnifying glass in her fridge, like like measuring centimeters, millimeters of jam missing. <laughs> it's so crazy. People having a Sharpie marker in Martin. <laughs> because they're like in case. No, it's, it's just in case. You know, sometimes you just you think you can trust somebody and then you don't know you have children with them. You yeah. think life is great. You think that this is going well. And then all of a sudden you just get slapped in the face. Yeah. By 
like PK. Yeah, like you're like, you're like uh, they. I guess they were illegally well, married, right? In Spain, I think it's like the common law marriage. Okay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Like an equivalent. Yeah. So they, but like they were together for like fifteen years, yes. more or yes. less. That's all, and they have multiple kids together. Yes. I want to say three. Yeah, that okay. sounds about right. And like she sung a ton of very like love songs about him and the fact that she literally performed in the fifa world cup yeah. while he was playing yeah and they won that year they, too yeah, yeah. i mean the, what was it 2014 2010 yeah yeah because that was the yeah oh, walk a walk of the year yeah 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 it is he is a bad man for all of the above like I do the jam of it all is so funny to me though like like I um it's like a it's it's a sleuthing technique that you would never think about in a million years like it's kind of like um we used to do like band field trips like to we went to Atlanta one year like Puerto Rico and so people wouldn't sneak out after dark like our band director and the chaperones would put tape on our like hotel room doors or hospital doors wherever we were saying so like and if the tape was broken, that means we had left okay. and snuck out and stuff. Like, that's what the jam is. <laughs> Literally. And it's just so crazy, one, to have the affair, and two, to bring the other woman to their home. It's, it's and really horrible. audacity to eat the other, like, Shakita's food. Yeah. In her fridge. It's her money. Like, her I don't know. Like, her she could have I mean in the same bedroom who knows like who knows and we didn't we didn't even mention the worst not even the worst part of it but what a a part of it that is horrible and compounds other things in another horrible manner Clara worked for him it still does work for him like they they met he was her boss because she's she was a student and she still is a student yeah and like she she like started interning at his production company or something. And I was like the head of communications at 23. She's the head of communications. Like we all know. It's well deserved. It is, it is so I hate using this word. I hate using this word because I don't I do think like ultimately he is at fault for all this. Like he he is in a position of power here and like the agency is all his. I did text our chat with friend of the Padmati, Tanatsu Martini, homewrecker with six exclamation yes. points. And I meant it. Like, I do. I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's she, what is this if not wrecking a home? If you look at the Instagram picture that. Oh, the one they just yes. posted. And you see her smirk. Yeah. She knows. She knows. She knows. She and knows. She has, she has that face that she shows everyone. She was like, basically telling us she she doesn't regret it no I, I also I do think um to give her a little bit of grace isn't what I'm doing I guess but like she has no choice at this point than to sort of lean into being like the other woman villain of it all because like what's she gonna she's not gonna issue like a public apology to Shakira at this point like she's still with them (laughs) like there's not much to be done I guess that makes sense after the whole diss track that it was clearly 
directed at them and you hear the word plays that Shakira uses in the song yeah and you just know you just can't outrun the song yeah and the fact that she laid out all the tea yeah so if y'all if y'all don't know what we're talking about Shakira did a free I mean it's freestyle in air quotes um pop song with bizarre app who's this argentine producer who has a very popular youtube and spotify series of like freestyle collaborations with popular spanish-speaking artists like he's done stuff with like quevedo um who we didn't know we not just like google this together like pretty recently who else has he done this with like vijano antiano like um so many oh my god Paolo Londra Elegante like so many people yeah really really famous Latin singers um but hers immediately I think she broke like the YouTube streaming record for it I don't know the number right now but the last time I checked it was I think 16 million on YouTube let me look because that was this came out less than a month maybe about a month ago at this point right like it was like early january because we've been so since it came out four weeks ago it's been four weeks okay it has it's loading apologies my wi-fi is really bad it has 278 million views in three weeks amazing yeah crazy and it's still since it dropped the number one global top music video crazy a quarter of a billion her. in three weeks. I don't know if you heard her other single that she released last year, Monotonia. Yeah. And that one was really tame. And yeah. that one was like, oh, it's not your fault. It's not my fault. It, it was just our relationship just went stale. It, it was just. It's like the stages of grief, yes. kind of. Like, she's like numb. And now she's, she's she crazy. came in angry. But like, it's like the best kind of like pop star anger it's like you could have had all this why that (laughs) that's the thesis but I just love how she frames it in a way that she's like you chose her you decided to end things like have fun with you know myself all you know replacement best of luck you did all this to me but you know what I'm stronger yeah I know not to mess around with guys like you anymore. Like it's. I love that she's just showing her worth. Yeah. Because essentially she is so phenomenal. She's so great. And why is she letting PK just stomp all over her? Exactly. Like it's, he's not like if he's sneaking around, especially for three years, like it's just not worth it. He's not worth it. And she's had a very hard few years too. Like the tax evasion, the alleged yes. tax evasion, tax fraud that she may or may not have committed. That she did mention. Um, she did. in this song. Yeah, like she's not uh, like this song is. She's always been a very specific writer. Like all of her stuff is very. Like we talk about like Taylor Swift as someone who like drops a lot of like Easter eggs and clues about her real life. Like Shakira doesn't drop Easter eggs. She just says it. <laughs> like she's, she lays it out, she lays it out explicitly. I know. I love it too. Like it's great. It's when 
she mentioned like the the salpique and the claramente yeah because if anyone knows spanish yeah those lines were just it just hit you and you were just like you were just such a genius yeah genius such a genius lyricist yeah it's it it is like her spin on this whole situation like crafting a not just a song but a hit song like especially just taking it to like a u.s level she has not had a top 10 song in the u.s since hips don't lie which was 17 years ago at this point until the bizarre obsessions like she this is like unequivocally like one of her biggest songs ever which is hard to do like as a 46 year old woman in pop music with like a famously ageist sexist like place to be like she's still like making stuff that hits for people because the song itself is really good too on top of like the lyrics being what they are like it's so catchy like it's like capital p pop music and that's not easy to make these days (laughs) like the history and the drama around it just builds the fire yeah that's that was already there yeah i would love if and when pk and clara break up shakira should extend an olive branch to clara and they should do their own version of beautiful liar ingenious you know that yes yes it must happen i mean it's never gonna happen like i think i do think if you put shakira and Clara in the same room one woman's making it out alive <laughs> like, and I think we all know which one yeah <laughs> like I would I would love to like because the thesis of that song though is like this man was sneaking around on both of us like let's but be I friends do think that and maybe it's just my mentality but I think if he can easily cheat on one woman you can easily do it to you. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's that old, like that old adage or whatever. Like, show me a beautiful woman, and I'll show you ten men who will cheat on her or whatever. Like, it, no one is safe. Like, no one's no, safe. I think that if I say I can't speak on Shakira, but like Claudia, knowing that she is so young, yeah, and I. And knowing that she was under the same company and literally just starting her career. Yeah. That is so scary to break off. And it's like this power struggle that she doesn't have. And he... Yeah, no, like, I mean, he's this hugely... Like, we're kind of almost underselling how famous he is. Like, he... Because, like, soccer's just not as big in the States. And, like, the (laughs) game... the gay men who listen to this podcast probably like don't care about pk as much pk is like close to a tom brady level of fame internationally like that's kind of what we're dealing with here like to work for a guy like that like it the power dynamic is just so vast like and you know i don't want to like take away anyone's agency in this situation too because she's like of age still and like can make her own decisions but like this is not it's not a normal dynamic to be in like it's not like it's not like a place where you're going to find necessarily like a healthy romantic 
environment like a, a workplace isn't really like a the place for that in the first place to the extent that like a vanity production company is like a workplace at all <laughs> like this is essentially a, a production company right now but like i don't know the one thing we have not touched on that might be the funniest part of the whole thing is the mother-in-law who is also the she's she is mentioned in the song as well like which is crazy sometimes when you just look at the mother-in-law and you just and now these new clips of the mother-in-law is arising with all this drama and you see the mother-in-law and how she interacts with Shakita like it's just so interesting to see like oh is this where PK comes from like you know it's like bad apple another bad apple yeah yeah the the bad the apple doesn't um fall far from the tree yes that's what that the, yeah like we got a big pile of apples like how do they get yeah yeah she seems like such a nightmare person like and sadly Claudia has to deal with that yeah so good good luck best yes. of luck with that I think I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this because I know it is a tradition in many cultures of the world to have like your parents live close to you. I don't know if that is the situation here, but to me, it does not seem good for boundaries to have your mother-in-law live across the street from you. No. no. And it sounds like she was functioning as like childcare essentially, like from what I've been able to gather from the situation, but like still it's also the way that you see in the clips her treatment to Shakira yeah it's almost like it's this aggressive hostile domineering like, yeah presence over Shakira like almost like Shakira has no say yeah in anything regarding like what she should do like as a wife as a mother as you know like how she dresses to yeah. the what she sings and it's this sense of like she needs to get approval from um, the mother-in-law which is crazy because is so famous without her exactly. without needing any help shakir had almost a 20 year long career before meeting pk like, Shakira has been famous now since, like, the late 1980s. Like, she has done more, <laughs> like, before meeting PK than, like, PK's mother has done in her whole life, most likely. I will give the mother-in-law a little bit of a reprieve here in, in one aspect alone. If my estranged daughter-in-law who is one of the biggest pop stars in the world and constantly has like paparazzi cameras trained on my house or her house and by extension my house if she played the diss track that targets me and my son and puts like an inflatable witch on her balcony and I have to look at it every single day of my life for, <laughs> for a month like I would be mad too I'd be mad yes <laughs> But, okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna counter in okay, <laughs> yes. defense. People are saying that she knew 
of the love affair. Oh, I believe from the it. Beginning. I, and believe I believe it. that too. And it's it's so interesting, you know, like if you're a mother and you see your grandchildren and you know your son is sneaking around with a woman half his age. Yeah. It's like, can you be proud of that? It's maybe she hates Shakira that much though. And I think that's the reason. Oh. I think their dynamic with each other has always been so hostile. Yeah. And I to me, it looks like Shakira has been trying to be more tame, trying to appease the mother-in-law. Yeah. And I think when she found out, you know, she was like, I had enough. She was like, after everything that you put me through, this is what you get. Yeah. Whether or not she's going over the top on the bruja. Yeah. It's so funny. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is so funny. I can see where she's coming from. And I think it was, it just built up resentment years in the making. And I think she just had the last nerve and she decided to do that. Yeah. She was like, I couldn't care less. No, like she's it, she's going out guns blazing, but like going going out's not the word because she's arguably never been more famous now. Like there's like a whole generation of like international teens who like really have not been exposed to Shakira as like a dominant commercial force and now come back. And sometimes it takes extreme personal loss to get a number one or get a number nine hit in the United States but I mean I'm glad I look I'm not glad that this all happened because like it's a colossal embarrassment to like have your ex-husband do that to you but I do think she's gonna come out of it like the like the entire world is on her side right now and that's the, not every theory. not every celebrity woman yes. gets that grace extended to them these days which is not a good thing so i'm glad that like she she is the hero in the narrative here because she deserves to be and the song is good everyone's streamers she she's making money he's making as she says in the song she needs to give this song a better title that i know they yeah I've just been calling it the PK song, which is like not the I I feel like that's doing it a disservice because like it's not it is about him, but like it should be called something like mm-hmm. much. But like I get why they because all the songs in this yeah. like series are all volume blank volume blank. So, but I do agree that yeah in itself volume fifty three does not cut it. No, maybe one of the one of these days like she'll she'll like buy the rights back from the sky and like figure out what to do with it but erica i think we have to move on to our final segment okay that was that went so fast and uh, we i mean we talked for 20 good minutes about shakira it just time flies but this segment's called tear the community apart so we've for once for once we have done a lot of community building on this episode. Like, I think the entire world can get behind our opinions on what we talked about with Shakira. But maybe not now. The rules of this game are very simple. I have picked two songs and you're going to tell me which one is better. Okay. It sounds easy. 
Maybe not so much though. So these two songs are also hugely successful Spanish language crossover hits from the past five years. From teen stars turned adult superstars, both featuring rappers who are very adept at doing crossover market kind of stuff. Two great songs though, but which song is better? Mieteme by Tini and Maria Becerra, or Tusa by Carol G and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Okay. Explain yourself. <laughs> I I love this song only because it is so catchy. I I guess it's my personal preference. Yeah. Well, that I mean, you're the only one who's playing yeah. this game, so it has to be okay. personal preference. Yeah. But I I'm not. I don't know TD super well. I only know her latest single and then this one. Yeah. But I think that from what I've heard based on just these two singles, she makes really catchy music. Yeah. And I think this song, I mean, I think every good catchy song is somehow embodying like love. It's embodying relationships. It's like this tug of war and I think she I think she's really good and the other girl have you listened to there's another song that has her I'm it's like I'm pretty I like I'm like horrible with song titles Exorcist yes Ecstasy um, it's like that Ecstasy in Spanish yes yep yep that one is so catchy she has some really good songs she's on um Chaos Place by Jay Balvin to and she's good on it. Like, she's, like, yes. an up-and-coming superstar. Like, Argentina has not historically been a huge player in the global Spanish-language music scene, but, like, Tini and Maria Becerra both seem like they are about to change that. I'm... I think I'm going to start listening to more of their music. Yeah. Because I just sometimes, like come across their music with like Spotify recommended songs yeah and then I'm just like oh this is really good let me add it to a playlist let me add it to my liked yeah and so I've been listening to Miente all of January it, it's a great song like definitely definitely Teeny's biggest global hit too because like prior to Miente and some of her more recent stuff I was really actually only familiar with her English language stuff because back when I was in college so this was a long time ago like they were doing she had just gotten out of like Disney Channel Argentina or whatever because she's a Disney girl oh, first mm -hmm. interesting she's she's like the okay, Raven she's the, I, I was about to say the Raven Simone of Argentina but yeah she's the Cyrus of Argentina um she but she like did some English language stuff because she was signed to um like the like international Disney record label Hollywood mm -hmm. Records. So like she did this pretty generic like mm -hmm. electro pop in English that nothing to write home about, but like was catchy enough and like I definitely I was running to it a lot right around when Trump got elected. Great. I that I don't know why I associate that's to paint a picture from where we are but like I can see her having 
like it's sort of an Anita scenario in which she's famous in her home country for almost a full mm-hmm. decade and then all of a sudden like explodes in the US. Yeah. yeah, or like how Becky G kind of did it. Like Becky G was like famous for English language stuff, and then pivoted to Spanish. way to exclusively Spanish language music, and now is like a hugely successful artist. Like, but that also, I mean, that just speaks to to like, I think it's also com- like ch- changing commercial tastes a little yes. bit. Yeah, I think in recent years the focus has been solely on reggaeton. Yeah, and. Like the biggest names like Bad Bunny. Yeah. Who brought that? And now we're kind of exploring. And I think people yeah. are more interested in listening to Latin music, which is oh, yeah. great. No, it's great. Because it- Bad Bunny, like, or other big artists like Versalia really opened yeah. gateways no, for other types of music. And uh, like, obviously, that kind of music is like, I mean, been around as a constant presence for like our entire I mean like obviously Spanish language music has existed since the dawn of the Spanish language but like I mean we're I think we got we grew up kind of lucky in DC because that like Aventura, Daddy Yankee, all of them were always on the radio like you Mm -hmm. could every everywhere but like a lot of people didn't grow up like that. Especially again looking at US charts yeah never was super successful in comparison to like taylor swift justin bieber like beyonce like yeah. if you name all these other famous u.s artists never did that well in yeah. comparison but of course latin charts and and so now that. like bad bunny feels like such a seismic shift in that like when verona cynthia was I believe the biggest album of last year in terms of commercial sales, which is the first time a Spanish language album has ever done that. The singles from that, like all of them went top 10, which unheard of for a Spanish language album in the States. Like no one's really on his level right now, but like Becky G gets top 20 singles all the time. Like Anita just had a top 20 single last year. That's not reggaeton either. It's like, it's Envolvera. Yeah, it's like, that's like an 80s pop rock song almost. Mm-hmm. And like, I think Teeny could probably well, get there too. Yeah, that yeah. was. Oh, that's a great song. Know. It's a great song. song. Yes, it is so good. And like, I. Oh, I didn't know she was still signed to in the state. She's actually still signed to Disney's label. Oh, you know, we'll see a very good song that. Um, that I actually didn't know it was by her. It was like um something vessel. Oh, um, I think I know it was like last. It's like last. Yeah. that yeah. song is great. I didn't know she sang that, but. I remember. I don't think that. I'd have to listen to this again. I don't know if I know this one. Another artist I love actually is Aitana. Oh yeah, I love her. She's. I mean, like, she also like came around at just the right time too, because she was actually a little ahead of the like Olivia Rodrigo pop punk wave, because a lot of her stuff came yes. out in twenty twenty before driver's license and the dream and stuff. Like, I, I love her. I yeah. Texted Monty this when I found out. When I discovered her, I was like, she literally wrote a whole equivalent Sour album. Yeah. Before. Before Sour even dropped. Yeah. Phenomenal. 
I she she also had like a not like a U.S. big hit, but like she had that song, um, Mon Amour. That do you know what I'm talking about? It's like no, I I, I think you know it if you heard okay. it. I'm gonna send it to you because you know it has. She was really famous for like the classic and like that. Yeah, she's um she's gonna be huge, I think, too. Like globally, like I could see her having a because she's also Spanish. Like I could see her having like a Rosalia s trajectory too that did not feel as possible like 10 years ago but now it feels extremely like it could happen now that the Shakira and like the PK drama has come up a lot of people are talking about this possible love triangle between Tini Aidana and then Sebastian Yatra whoa yes because apparently Tini and Yacha used to date. You know how Tini's now dating Rodrigo? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then Aitana apparently dated like this uh Netflix actor. Yeah, he she dated from, um, like, um I think she dated a guy from Elite. I'm yes, gonna Google yes. this, but I'm pretty sure but people are saying that the fans are speculating. And yeah. I think this is more like Tini's fans. The reason why Tini and Sebastian Yatra broke up was because of Aitana, which I debatable. This is I, another. I'm, I'm looking realm, at you know um, to, to dive into, but it's it's very fascinating. I'm I'm learning a lot of things from TikTok. I love that app. I'm definitely reading. I'm reading between the lines on a Daily you- Mail article right now. The timeline is very odd with this. Yes. They buy a house. I done a, the guy from Elite buy a house together in Madrid for 750,000 euros. In December 2022, they co-star in a limited series for Disney Plus. That's like a it's like romantic musical drama. They broke up 2 weeks later and yes. then immediately Aitana starts dating um Sebastian Yatra Is so officially yes that well reportedly yes. but like that they've been spotted together so but the thing is so funny is that in her equivalent sour album mm-hmm. I forget what the album is called I don't know what it it's, is it's igual Bar- um it's, it's uh Once Rossone. Okay. yeah mm-hmm. she had a song with him okay it's so like, yeah something, something yep um and it's been, I think someone said like they also work together on The Voice. Espana. Yeah. So they were always within like the same kind of circle. So it's very interesting. Um, and we'll see how this plays out. We will see how this plays out. Like... People, fans, I see like fans making videos attaching Shakira's song to this love triangle yeah and it's it's very interesting it's definitely interesting like i it is also a very like classic hollywood move to say you're like dating your Mm co-star for press purposes especially if you're marketing a romantic drama in which you play like star-crossed lovers and stuff like of course you're gonna make these people stick together 
until the show premieres because like you don't want two people who are like broken up in the public eye like marketing this thing so like it's just funny that was only two weeks but like I yeah I it definitely I it seems like they've been dating for a long time we'll see we'll see but I I like him though I did see who got together with uh Bruna and Neymar are officially back together I didn't see that according to TikTok she is about to have they're like trying to make her happen in the U.S. now because she's the yeah she's the female lead in this upcoming um superhero movie oh wow called blue beetle i think okay let me i I don't don't quote me on this i believe bad bunny is in this movie too i'm excited okay you shouldn't have quoted me on that because he's not in it okay but bad bunny isn't in an upcoming superhero movie. okay i did see bad bunny in bullet train on netflix okay what did you think about that because i watched bullet train on a plane over thanksgiving break and he was great in it i think he was great but i didn't love the film itself yes i agree with that it's very interesting because my dad's japanese and he was like this is a like adaptation from like this yeah it's a manga adaptation yeah Uh, it was interesting yeah Shinkansen was not actually the Shinkansen. That's the equivalent yeah. to bullet train. Um, platform, unrealistic. Mm-hmm. It definitely was very like stylized and candy colored. Yes. Yeah. To the T. But they had phenomenal actors in it. Like, yeah. I love Aaron Johnson. Yeah. Like, he's so good. But that's like another drama associated with him. Oh, the his wife or what? No, apparently like he cheated on the oh, wife with Joey King. Yeah, and without we can't get into no. this too much because like the, the this is gonna open up too much of a can of worms. But like you talk about someone who, like his wife, I believe is fifty, and they started dating when he was eighteen. And yes. So like that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, but like I um. As a longtime Joey King hater, that news did not please me <laughs> at all. Um, I thought she was terrible in Bullet Train. I don't get her. I just don't. I don't get I her. Don't get, there, I watched that one movie that she was on that everyone raved about. Uh, like the that. Booth. Oh, Kissing Booth. On Netflix. yeah, it's bad. Though all those like Netflix rom coms are like, except the only one that was like really cute and good was to all the boys I loved before oh wait I saw I I did see the first the first one I they have multiple I've only seen the first one too I didn't I thought that was very cringy I I mean it's like they're corny like they're like none of them are like great movies but like like, Kissing Booth was just like not funny either no you know what was interesting though that I did see a series a summer series last year and it was it was titled the summer summer i turned oh summer pretty. i turned pretty yes. yeah that, that that's a tv show right yes okay that was on amazon prime i actually thought that was cute i've heard good things about that because i never I watch it. amazon prime stuff though i know i heard it was the same writer for to all the boys well, yeah I, I ever loved or to I all the boys it. I loved before. That writer, okay, Jenny Han. Yes, this is her other book yes. series. Yeah. 
that one I thought was really good I actually was like oh I'm not cringing entirely I was like actually this is really cute like if I was a high schooler yeah years back I would be like oh like this is like a you know like coming of age yeah and it's also like the feeling of summer that they bring within summertime it's like you want to be on the beach like so that was a really good production there's a market for like well done high school shows like even like that was a big hit and it's coming back I think for a second season like this summer but like you see something like Wednesday too or um I mean it's not high school but it's like teenagers like sex Mm -hmm. lives of college girls like people like watching shows like that if they're well done like there's a there's always going to be people who want to watch that to reminisce of like yeah to get close to a character that's portrayed really well and it's understandable and relatable and like i i say this as a ginormous positive none of them are especially like intellectually or emotionally taxing like they're perfect shows to have on when you do other things like like a show that i can fold laundry during is a 10 out of 10 show for me so like i need to i like i just always forget i have amazon prime like because i don't have the app on my tv so that i need to get that in yeah because there's that other one um what's it oh no this is not on amazon that's cool did you watch tell me lies no but i think you recommended the show i haven't seen it yet so oh, someone it might have right. been um oh allison our friend allison swimmer friend of the pod allison swimmer um was raving about it over the fall but i want to see that too oh my gosh erica we have to wrap up the episode <laughs> thank you so much for being oh, here today we covered a lot of ground informational episode for people for sure well i hope everyone enjoyed it I, people will for sure enjoy this. Um, if you would like to be found on social media, where can people find you? You can find me at Erica underscore issues to grow for on okay. Instagram. Incredible. You can find me on Instagram at Drew Haskins with the Z's. On Twitter at FKA Pigs with the Z. And follow at Crisis Twink Pod on Twitter and Instagram for direct updates from the pod itself. Um, Girls Room, my Girls Recap podcast with Julia Gray, will return with another new episode on Friday. Um, we have Vogue Culture writer Emma Spector on this week's episode, and it's a fun one, so get excited for that. And then, reminder, in two weeks from when you are listening to this, I am airing the 100th episode spectacular of crisis twink um five episodes in five days tear the community parts of a war to find out what the best song of all time is so i just record not to like take a peek behind the curtain but i just recorded part one yesterday it's so much fun cannot wait for people to hear it and i can't wait for people to hear this episode and next week's episode too so thanks everyone and uh See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Like what you just heard? Go to the show notes and whatever podcast app you're listening to this on and click the donation link.